because it's America first for me. It's all about America first. We're not going to give up hundreds of billions of dollars in orders and let Russia, China, and everybody else have them. It's all about, for me, very simple. It's America first. The death of the U.S.-based columnist Jamal Khashoggi initially sent shockwaves around the world. Many called for the country and the man believed to be behind Khashoggi's death, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, to be held accountable. President Trump thinks otherwise. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today from Washington is Bloomberg News National Security Editor Bill Ferries. Thank you for joining us, Bill. Thanks for having me. The president has left Washington for the Thanksgiving holiday, but he didn't leave town without doing one of his many news conferences from the South Lawn of the White House. What did the president have to say about the U.S.'s relationship with Saudi Arabia? Well, he essentially said it's uh, it's at this point too important to risk uh, over the killing of Jamal Khashoggi um, at the uh, consulate in Istanbul last month. He said uh, they sell a um, we the U.S. sells a lot of weapons to Saudi Arabia. He said if we broke with them, I think your oil prices would go through the roof. And quote, it's a very simple equation for me. So he really signaled that uh, his administration is sticking by the Saudis despite this rising concern that uh, perhaps the crown prince uh, himself was involved in ordering the killing. You know, these comments come after a statement that the White House released earlier that day that contained a pretty eye-catching uh, line at the very top of the statement. Can you tell us what that statement said? It was a remarkable statement, um, even after, you know, almost two years of the administration. It was something that none of us had seen before. It started off with an exclamation saying, the world is a very dangerous place. Uh, it went on to talk about uh, administration, the administration's focus on Iran and their role in the Yemen war, um, their role in, uh, in opposing Israel, and basically said um, what, Saudi, what happened uh, to this journalist in Turkey uh, by the Saudis was regrettable, um, but was, again, not worth risking uh, the entire U.S.-Saudi relationship over. Does this set some type of precedent for a new Trump doctrine when it comes to you know, controversial events like this? You know, there's, uh, the, the Trump administration has really built so much of its Middle East foreign policy around Saudi Arabia. So in, in this sense, yes, um, he's basically said it, or has raised the question of what would be too much for this administration and in what way could they go too far? Um, and he's basically said, you know, um, he's willing to look past this killing at this point, unless uh, unless I think there's some dramatic new evidence, which is possible. I think um, he's going to keep his bets on Saudi Arabia. It does send a signal to uh, leaders in other parts of the world, though, uh, in w- in terms of telling them how maybe they could get past some of uh, some of their hurdles with the United States. If you're uh, if you're buying a lot of American weapons, if you're heavily invested in the United States in other ways, perhaps this administration will look past some things that may have uh, prompted sanctions. Um, from previous administrations. You know, the CIA was supposed to release a report this week detailing what it believes happened in the Khashoggi killing. We haven't seen that report as of this recording, but there have been reports by other very reputable outlets that pointing out whom the CIA says organized this. And they say whom? They say they concluded with high confidence, which is a real specific term, that the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman was uh, aware and uh, perhaps ordered the killing um, of, of Jamal Khashoggi. So he was aware of it before it took place, um, which, which contradicts the storyline we've heard from the Saudis ever since he went, uh, Khashoggi went missing at the consulate on October 2nd. Initially, they said he walked out of the consulate on his own. Then they said it was a, an interrogation that 
it went bad and there was a fist fight that uh, led to an accidental death. And then they eventually, as, uh, as more information continued to leak out from the, from the Turkish side, they had to confess that, uh, yes, he was, uh, he was killed. Um, they still haven't said who ordered that killing, and they continue to say the crown prince wasn't involved. Um, but apparently the intelligence community has concluded that he is. And it makes sense. He has a very strong grip on his country. It's mm. hard to imagine this kind of thing taking place without the knowledge of the crown prince. If this were to be true, and the man many people call MBS was behind, or at least knew, of the ordered killing of Khashoggi, this would be the President of the United States once again more or less ignoring the findings of his own intelligence community, right? It would be, although the intelligence community will say that, you know, they provide information to the president, the president makes the policy. So in that sense, um, there might be, uh, there could very well be frustration in the intelligence community that he's not acting differently. Um, And the president so far has not um, contradicted the intelligence Mm. community the way we've seen with things like the Russian hacking at times. Um, but he is, it is a very fine line to walk, and, uh, and it's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, went with, House, with uh, the House of Representatives going to the Democrats, we'll be watching to see if intelligence officials are brought up to the House to uh, testify about the kind of advice they provided the president, the kind of evidence they have for what happened in this case. And where does the State Department and Secretary Pompeo, where do they stand in all of this? So as the president said today, uh, the United States will continue to have a relationship with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. They're important uh, partner of ours, uh, we will we will do that with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. It's people that is that is the commitment that the president made today. It, you know, it's been very interesting. Secretary Pompeo, of course, was a former director of the CIA uh, and uh, has one of the closest relationships uh, with President Trump of any of his top aides. He has been out uh, doing radio interviews, not only defending the president's position, but going, I think, a step further and saying. Uh, The Saudis have been improving their human rights uh, record since the Trump administration took office and um, and essentially saying that it's it's not an unblemished record, but they're getting better. That really contradicts, I think, what a lot of independent groups and, uh, you know, people who watch human rights issues in Saudi Arabia would say. Now, let's take a step back, Bill. And, And why is this relationship between the U.S. and the Saudis and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, why is this such a convoluted one? You know, I I think it's always been a convoluted relationship for the United States. I think that predates Trump. Uh, There's, you know, the the agreement made with uh, between FDR and the uh, al-Saud family that basically the U.S. would help provide uh, protection um, and support for the the Saudi family, the royal family, and in return they would, uh, you know, provide the world uh, with its oil. They are still the largest, world's largest producers of oil. Uh, the U.S. has counted uh, under the Trump administration on Saudi Arabia being a real bulwark against Iran in the Middle East, and they have also planned on Saudi Arabia having a key role in this uh, big Middle East peace plan that the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, has been writing, has been uh, has been drafting. So um, a lot of the president's Middle East strategy has hinged on a close relationship with Saudi Arabia. I don't think the president wants to see that all go down the tubes because of this killing. So if the president's Middle East strategy hinges on Saudi Arabia and the president wants to keep oil prices low, like he tweeted out this morning, and he wants to continue to have the arms deal, not have it go to China or Russia, like he said yesterday, is there anyone who will do something about this? Well, Congress, including uh, several uh, key members of his own party, um, have said that they want a report uh, on whether 
uh, the crown prince was involved in this murder. They have the power under sanctions legislation that the president was really strong-armed into, uh, into signing last year to uh, order an assessment of whether top Saudi officials, now uh, specifically including the crown prince, uh, may have been involved in that murder and, uh, and whether they should face direct sanctions as a result of that. And that's, that's, the, that's the Magnitsky Act? That's the Magnitsky Act, exactly. And so uh, we, had, uh, we had a bipartisan uh, letter from uh, from senators yesterday calling um, for that process to get underway. Uh, I think it gives the administration 120 days to uh, to get back to them. So that will be an interesting deadline to see in terms of how the administration responds to that. Um, but it's clear there's a lot of frustration. You, you see key, a, key advisors like Lindsey Graham still saying that the crown prince is not fit to lead and that Saudi Arabia needs to find another leader. So the, I think the pressure will continue, and I think a lot of people were frankly surprised at how uh, blunt the president's statement was yesterday. You know, one could argue that the U.S. relationship with MBS has not been a good one. There's the war in Yemen and the humanitarian crisis it has brought on. The, the U.S. is out of the Iran nuclear deal, splitting with many allies in Europe. So what positives has this relationship brought besides low oil prices? I think from the president's point of view, he feels like he's got a, a partner he can work with. Uh, a partner he trusts at some level, and um, you know he made this. This president made his first trip abroad uh, after taking office to Saudi Arabia. He uh, signed what he touts as uh, hundreds of billions of dollars in uh, arms deals. Um, there's a lot of questions about uh, how many of those deals will ever um, actually you know be completed. But uh, you know he sees himself, the deal-making president, as someone who uh, has a counterpart in Saudi Arabia he can work with. His son-in-law seems to have struck. A up a, uh, a good uh, relationship with, with Crown Prince Mohammed. So he feels like he's, got, he's really got um, a team there he can work with and, and build a lot of his Middle East strategy around. Um, to him, I think, you know, I think he sees as a, as a positive. Um, I think most analysts who look at the Crown Prince's tenure over the last two, or, uh, two to three years would say he's taken a lot of missteps. He's a 33-year-old Crown Prince, come into a lot of power, uh, helped remove his uncle, um, from the from the role of crown prince and uh, arrested, uh, detained hundreds of his uh, relatives and other members of the royal family. Um, so has built up a lot of enemies at home. Has had some of these misadventures in Yemen and uh, and with uh, with Jamal Khashoggi. Um, so there's a lot of questions about his uh, maturity as a leader. Uh, but I don't think the president uh, has any plans to back down from his support. That being said, Bill, is there anything to the president's point that the world is a very dangerous place? And maybe we're being naive to think that this current situation is more important than the relationship in a vital part of the world. I, I think it's a fair point to raise. Um, and, you know, I think um, the U.S.-Saudi uh, relationship has always been fraught. There's always been basically a trade-off um, between, uh, you know, dependence, the world's dependence on Saudi oil, uh, the importance of the U.S.-Saudi relationship, and the reality that this is a pretty harsh regime. Um, it detains people. It, is a, uh, it, it detains activists uh, fighting for women's rights. Uh, it detains uh, religious minorities. Um, it is, you know, it is uh, in many ways a, a, a polar opposite of what I think Americans expect in terms of freedom and, and basic human rights. Um, that trade-off has always been there. I think what we've seen this week is just how um, it's just become much more public and, uh, and, and open and, and actually in some ways brazen in terms of what that trade-off is. Um, 
past administrations have probably dealt with uh, similar situations that haven't uh, gotten as much of uh, public attention and have not uh, made quite such a, a public focus on it. This president uh, kind of speaks his mind and, and says what comes to him, and I think a lot of people were surprised by that. But I don't think it's necessarily something that's unique to this administration. I think it's, it presents the kind of moral quandaries that uh, President Obama and Presidents Bush and, and presidents going back for generations uh, have had to deal with when it comes to uh, behavior of the Saudi behavior. Bill, thank you. Thank you. Make sure to follow Bill on Twitter. He's at Bill Ferries. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. Please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers. You can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.